Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and you are at the Community Pub. All right, we are here tonight to talk about how to manage, how to hire, how to move from a solopreneur to a business operator. Uh, thankful for Nick, as he always pops on throughout the week. Thankful for uh, more time coming on with us tonight. Uh, you can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you are on uh, Instagram, that's where I hang out a lot. If you're on TikTok, you can find me there. It's a great place. Best way to get in touch with me, though, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. Nick can be found on most platforms at Vegas.Rides, but the best way to get in touch with Nick is shoot him an email, nick at Vegasrides.com. Uh, we got two Nicks on tonight. So before we get over to Mr. Walters, uh, hey, Nick, uh, what's looking like tonight on Cooking with Nick? Cooking with Nick tonight has uh, some kind of Hawaiian chicken, sweet and sour chicken, I'm thinking. All right. We'll check in as we go. Thanks, man. All right. So tonight I am drinking the Boulevard Barrel Bourbon Quad. A uh, good friend, DJ Patterson, gave it to me. And I've had it in the beer fridge uh, for quite a while. I thought this would be a perfect beer for tonight. Well, because I really love the story of Boulevard. If anybody hasn't been up to the Boulevard Brewery, I actually got to drink this beer straight out of the tap uh, up there at uh, Boulevard in uh, Kansas City. And I think the story of just people that get out and start brewing beer and then start serving beer to more places and then can grow into a massive business that they have moving incredible amounts of beverages. Well, just the story of hearing the way people do that, is that possible for us as detailers to be able to start picking up a power washer, cleaning cars, and over time build up such a large business that, hey, I mean, 100 bucks an hour, that's what a lot of people would love to do. Could people make 500 bucks an hour detailing cars? I don't know. Uh, Nick, man, let's hop right into it. Thanks again, like I said, as always, for taking your time. You drink anything tonight? Uh, yeah, I have some uh, Mick Ultra in a glass here. The Vegas Rides uh, Yeti here. So, nice. uh, yeah, man, ready to uh, go. Brandon, what about you? Uh, drinking OJ on parole by Lock City. All right, cool. What is it? It's like a citrus IPA. Ooh, yeah. I like those. I like those. Sam. I got to get into some IPAs, I think. (laughs) Sam, you drinking anything? Just not the pepper. (laughs) (laughs) I like the background image of the Golden Gate. It's nice. I love it. I guess that's a Golden Gate. Is that right? Isn't that the Golden Gate? Yes. Uh, yes. Did you have geography class? Uh, well, remember Oklahoma is 48th out of 50 in the states of education. So <laughs> I could say I had geography, but come on, got it, it, got doesn't it. really mean much, you know, uh, we had thankful that, uh, Arkansas and Mississippi did 49th and then 50th. <laughs> so. so you got that over them. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good for hmm. us. Brandon. Good to see you. Alex, what are you drinking tonight? I, I just got a Pepsi, which I don't normally drink. I had a client that worked for Pepsi, and he gave me cases of it. So I gave most of it away, but this was sitting in the corner. So I yeah, feel like we, uh, we, 
we washed a monster truck and did a little mini detail on that recently. And they just unloaded cases of monster energy for us. And it was like, Oh, I mean, we <laughs> yeah. don't really need to drink that, but okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Brandon, what's up, man? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, so back to the sparkling water with a, uh, this is orange and grapefruit. All right, so, cool. Brandon, yeah. what's up, man? What's going on, Nick? How you doing, bro? Oh, man, it's a long day, but, you know, making do. <laughs> All, right. All right, so yep. so yesterday I got a phone call, um, and, uh, well, it's not too different of a phone call than we see on a regular basis inside the groups, right? This guy's name is Alex, uh, Alex Epps. He was actually in one of the groups. I'd left a comment on his uh, – uh, one of his posts about, you know, and he'd been into it for a long time. Hey, Ben, what are you sipping on? Another IPA. Uh, cool. IPA. All right. It's on, um, it's from Austin. So That's learning cool. new territory. Nice. Love it. All right. So Ben, uh, uh, Ben can relate. I'm sure you've heard stories. Have you gone around uh, the country? Uh, there's plenty of people that, start out as solopreneurs, you know, they're wanting to clean cars, polish cars, do everything themselves. Uh, however, it's hard really to sustain themselves long-term, right? And what up? Hey, Rob, Hello. what's cracking? Oh. Uh, and so Alex called me and he was going through some of the stuff that he was struggling on. Well, one of his big deals is he got injured. You know, I'm 43. There's plenty of detailers as they continue through life. Shit happens. Rob, you've seen it. You've heard it, right? Things happen, and it's so hard for detailers to be able to operate their business by themselves long-term, right, and to be able to sustain their life, right? So, so Alex calls me, and he's having a real hard time, right? He's just gone through an eye surgery. He's trying to figure out his business. Well, there's a massive problem that we have had over the past years where we've tried to encourage detailers to get behind a polisher, make a hundred bucks an hour. And if you can achieve that, well, you can achieve most everything you want out of your life. Well, it's really a misnomer that if that's the right word to say, or is that part of the overall scam, right? Like how hard is it to sit behind a polisher and polish cars hours and hours a day and to be able to do it for 10, 15, 20 years. And if, if we're passionate about this industry, we're passionate about what we do, we owe it to ourselves to learn how to invest into others, hire them, manage them, and grow a team with us. It really will be our only way to survive. Nick, let's jump in with you. You have a good sized team. You've been doing this 10 plus years. What are your original thoughts when, when you, you hear of people struggling with being able to hire or keep team members? Boy, I had that problem. <laughs> uh, I screwed up a lot when, when I first started, you know, I, I didn't know how to hire, didn't know how to keep people, didn't know what mattered to people, kind of lied to myself, what mattered to people. So, you know, for me personally, man, I, I think I went through the same struggles as everyone else. Uh, quickly, I learned there's always one thing that's going to keep people around is if you pay them really well. 
if you can find a way for them to make a career in your business and feed their family and maybe one day buy a house and maybe one day drive a nicer car, I think that's, that's one, one thing I had to come around to accept is I had to give them a pathway to, to have a good life working with my company. And if they don't, all right, explain then, that a little bit more, explain that a little bit more. Well, cause I think well, most every, people, we, yeah. we think 10, 12, 15 bucks an hour cleaning cars is a great, like, that's a lot for somebody to pay out. You know, Alex, yesterday we talked about, you know, well, can you pay people more? And he was saying, you know, I've heard people say, Hey, we pay 25 bucks an hour, but they can't keep people around. Yeah. Um, I tried the hourly thing, the hourly thing. I didn't stay in very long. So what happened is, you know, I learned from a lot of other different industries that do this and it's not my idea. I started to pay percentages. Uh, you know, so guys starting out with me get a certain percentage of the job. My team leaders get a certain percentage of the job, but let's say all in, you know, I'm okay paying out 60% of the job in expenses and team salary. So I'm, I'm ready to give up 60% of what that net dollar is. So let, let's just say I, I charge a hundred dollars. I'm willing to pay out 60 bucks in expenses. And the majority of that's going to be team members. Because I don't think we are very honest sometimes in our industry. Chemicals are fairly affordable. You're not using, you know, $100 per job in chemicals. You're not using, you know, a tool that you can only use once, right? You're, these are just ongoing expenses. And so even if you look at my insurance, if you look at my truck repair bills, if you look at my gas, even though that stuff's starting to go up, uh, I can very easily manage my business at a 40% net rate you know, to the bottom line of my business and still pay my guys and, and my expenses 60% of every job. So I had to break it down different mathematically for it, for me to wrap my head around it. Not to say that that's the right way. Uh, it's just the way that I found that I could start to incentivize guys to work more efficiently. I could, I could incentivize guys to do more work and I allow guys to turn work down. You know, if guys don't want to do it, they don't have to do it, but I'm going to find somebody that wants to do it. That's the funny thing is that it's created a culture of competitiveness where guys want to do more work. And actually in the summer here, Marty, I've, I've shared this with you last year. I have to slow my guys down sometimes because it's 115 degrees. They're outside. I've been doing this long enough to know it's easy for guys to run themselves into the ground. So that's where my management comes in a little bit more now is, is, not so much trying to get guys to work, but a lot of times I got to get guys to kind of like, I got to kind of look out for them in, in some of the instances that you get in the extreme heat here. Uh, so I don't, I don't have an issue finding guys to work. Yeah. That's a definitely different uh, thought process than I'd say the majority of the industry. We all run our businesses our own way, right? We yeah. all get to be, that's what the community is. We're not a a one person head where we dictate and tell everybody what to do. It's an open forum. It's for everybody to have their own ways. Um, I, I think that's super interesting. I'd love to know some different ways that other people have found. I know Rob, you, you've been in it quite as long too, and you've got a massive team. You do a lot of cars too. What, what's the way you found for, for hiring and paying? How, how do you handle it? Um, we have scale. So basically if you come in as a, as a, as a team member, you know, you start at 15 bucks an hour and we have, we have a class, we use Google classrooms to, to advance training. So every little bit of training you take, 
that's another dollar. You want to learn motorcycles, learn our motorcycle classroom, go through our training program, that's another dollar. So we make them, basically, we reward them for advancing their career with us with more money. How'd you start that as a one to two person operation? Well, that I didn't, it, that was, that was much farther down the road than, than that, you know, to, to get advanced, to get, to get going through classrooms and to get all that set up, you, you need it. You need a, a decent sized team to, to make that worth the trouble. But, you know, even if you, but even if you get it set up from the beginning and, and work out the kinks as you're hiring people, I think that's a good way to get them to continue their education and detailing. All right, Alex, Ben, Anybody else hop in, Brandon? What do you guys hear when you, you know, are you interviewing people? What, what's some of the hangups that people have for for working as a detailer? I, I think one of the biggest things, right, like right now, is that a lot of people that are in the position that they could be looking for a job are collecting because of COVID. Obviously, this doesn't, you know, a year and a half ago, this wouldn't be relatable. Um, but right now people are making good money to do nothing. And then when you have stores like uh, detail garage popping up, now people have this, this income that is paying their bills. They can invest a little bit into supplies and just do it on their own. So why even bother doing it for somebody else? Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah so, that was interesting. Uh, but, but, yeah. That I brings heard up that. the point um, with, with paying well. Um, I've, I've had a couple different businesses and I've worked for other bigger businesses. Um, and my opinion has always been, if somebody's worth hiring, they're worth paying well. And if somebody's only worth 10 bucks an hour or 12 bucks an hour, they're probably not worth hiring anyway. It, that seems tough though, right? Ben, how do you, I mean, can you can't hire somebody for over 12 bucks an hour or what's the going rate that you're hearing? I, uh, I worked off percentage when I had employees, it, uh, it didn't work out really well. Why didn't um, it work out? Laziness showing up was a big problem. Um, God, what were we paying? Uh, at most we were paying like 800 bucks a week per employee. And it's, it, it's hard work and most people just don't want to do it day after day all right uh, dustin we're what's up man good to see you hey what's going on buddy hey uh we're talking through labor and wages what what do you guys find oh, yeah. uh what do you pay out you know wages and then what are you hearing <clears throat> most people when they're not really wanting to work yeah uh so we've been hearing that a lot lately um we've been blessed i mean we you know we've been through quite a few over the the years that we've been doing this um but it is a little bit harder to find help right now uh, we pay our guys hourly. Uh, we start out around $15 mark. Um, top top pays around $22, $24 an hour. Plus, we have some management salary in there. Uh, but we also offer incentive bonus um, based on production. And we also offer profit share for the company as well. So um, they have multiple ways um, that they're incentivized to show up and, and um, you know, show up every day and, and produce work. Also, we offer vacation time and stuff. And we, I mean, we have to compete with the big guys uh, as far as incentives to, to come to work every day. And so we, we treat it, you know, just like a, a, a normal business would. All right. So when you hired your first guy, what did you pay your first guy? 
it wasn't that much. Uh, you know, I was just like everybody else. I mean, you know, just probably 10 bucks an hour, you know, um, and built my way up. That was, you know, let's see, 10, 11 years ago. And it, so I started out by myself, hired the first guy, and then just kind of built from that. Um, but, you know, it's you, you, you just you had to usually when you're starting out, you're bringing in somebody that doesn't have any experience. You can't afford to bring in somebody with experience. So you kind of grab what you can and go with it. Um, but as far as, you know, speaking to the, 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 um, the statement that people don't want to work, there's people that want to work. You just got to go find them and you got to make your business attractive for somebody to come to work. Um, you're competing with the government and their checks they're sending out, but, but we're still competing. It's just like compete with another business. And you got to make it attractive to come to work every day. And we do that. And, you know, I mean, it, listen, we, we go through the same struggles everybody else does. We have some turnover here and there, but we built a core group. Um, I have 12 full-time detailers. Um, and then there's a couple that kind of, you know, those couple spots that just turn over here and there. The new guys or the guys that we deal with a lot of co-ops from high school um, that come in in the afternoon, fresh set of legs to help out, clean the shop, that kind of stuff, um, which has helped um, because it gives the, the more experienced guys, the time to kind of start to wind down and end their day uh, easy. But, you know, we just do that. That's what works for us. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what we said earlier. I mean, everybody's got their own ways. That's, that's what you need. Yep. There's no doubt though, that as detailers, it is a struggle to go into a one person operation to a two person operation yeah. to go from a two person operation to a three person operation, Rob. That's why we did so many discussions before, you know, how does that even happen? Um, I think the biggest struggle, and there's no doubt I have that struggle too. You know, at one time, I think the biggest team I had was four, right? So, mm -hmm. and that was just a couple of years ago when I was in the car wash, of course it was 15, 16. That's different though. But as a, you know, as a, as a detailer and as a small business operator, it's extremely difficult to hire and maintain those one to two, three people for me. Right. But I also, I think, did that same system of here's an hourly pay. Here's a commission. Here's bonuses. I went down that normal rabbit trail. Uh, Nick, like I said, man, you're you're different. You're different than I think a lot of other people. But Ben also said he paid percentages, but he had a hard time. People show up. There's no doubt that all of us, myself included, have had a hard time. People show up for work. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we heard it a second ago. People just don't want to work. Right. I think that's always been a thing and yeah. it will always be a thing. It's going to get worse. I don't, I don't think that's every year of my business owning life. It's gotten a little worse. I don't know how many percentage points, but it seems like that is always a little worse. Um, you know, and it's always a different reason, right? <laughs> you know, now it's a government check and then, Back in 08, it was, hey, I'm going through a lot. And, you know, so I think that's always going to be there. One of the things that I tend to lean towards is the kind of work you ask your guys to do is going to beat up team members as well. And so I've explained this before. My theory and the, what I really wanted to get away from was doing destroyed vehicles. I, I, you just burn team members. You know, I didn't want to keep doing, you know, every day coming into 10 massive dog hair removal jobs and, you know, a torn up Toyota Corolla and that kind of thing. I, I think that just kills team members. And so I had to think through my business a little bit more. Um, and again, this isn't something I think Rob touched on it, man. It's, 
none of this stuff happens overnight, you know, and I think that's the wrong message people get is like, I got here the first year in business, you know, it's just a constant learning and watching the mistakes you make. And to be honest with you, that's why I went to more of a maintenance style of business is because I felt like guys didn't feel like they were getting beat up every day. You know, they didn't feel like I was just handing them crap work. And so easing up the work and making the work a little easier to do every day, I think made a huge difference for me because I remember back when I got started and, and, you know, constantly extracting carpets and constantly, you know, just, you would arrive to work, you'd open a door and there's trash all in the car. And there's a money in that work. I mean, we all know there's money in that work. I just didn't feel like I could keep team members if I was always doing that kind of work. And so I think the kind of work I started to trend towards has led me the ability to keep guys for long periods of time as well. I think not all of us have Vegas to go through and choose from. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. A hundred percent. And look, my business would be totally different if I was in a, you know, even Los Angeles, I mean, Los Angeles, you'd almost always be waterless and rinseless at this point. There's going to be uh, positives and negatives to every place that you live, right? And, and there, like I said, if anybody wants to come do work in 115 degree heat and tell me how sweet Vegas is, then, you know, why don't you come on out? But I, I know a lot of you guys there. go to SEMA and you guys are sweating walking, walking around. So I don't know if you Oklahoma boys could, could cut it out here. So besides, besides just changing up the style, which like, let's, let's think of that from a big picture point of view, it's similar to other companies that might just change a direction, right? Like companies get to change directions all the time and focus on a certain clientele that they want to achieve. So for us in our own towns, like we might go search out certain clientele that we really, really like that benefits our business the best. Um, besides that, uh, I want to go back to Ben's struggle with percentage. Do you have a hard time with people showing up and being lazy at 50%? Like who me? No, I, I, I don't, uh, do we have some guys that will, will cycle in and out, uh, one or two. Okay. Well, how Uh, do you handle that? Cause I'm with Ben, right? I'm on Ben's side. I hear all the time that they're like, so how do you handle that? Um, I really don't come across it very much. Like I said, we pay better than anybody probably in this town and in this business by far, I would guess. I'm not sure on that. Obviously I don't know everybody's books, but that's my guess. The the other thing is, um, I found good people, you know, I mean, I can't take all the credit, man. I mean, Rob's hired a lot of people. Sometimes you just get lucky. You find a good person and they are a good person and you treat them well. And they just happen to be a good person. You get better um, at it too. Yeah. You, the more you see, hire, the more you can identify red flags, right? You know? Yeah. So, so Rob probably said it way better there. When I went through my struggles hiring the first couple of years in business, I, ca- I kept seeing certain characteristics certain type of person, certain types of things they would say, the certain things that would happen really quickly working for me, like showing up late. So I actually have a policy with most new hires. Uh, You can show up late once. The second time we're done. 
I, I don't let the, I don't let the late thing continue to be a problem. Why is because I know that's a red flag that I saw in every single person that became a problem. All right. Let me get you to pause. Let me get you to pause because I think that is a moment where we're going to struggle. Many of us, right? We just went through the hiring process. We just took all the time to get that person in. And then their second time they're late, we got to let them go. I don't even on the first time. I mean, we send them home the first time they're late. It's a plague. It's a plague. It, it does not get better. It, it does not get better. If, if they can't, it takes zero skill to show up to work on time. And if they don't show up to work on time, then it's automatically like we're, we're, we're off on the wrong foot. So we send them home the first day. They can come back, try again the second day. All right. So, so that's two. Rob, is that you also? My wife was talking me out of here. What she said. <laughs> you do have your well, priorities you're, you're in the right too. direction. You can, you can go home too. <laughs> you do have your priorities in the right direction. We should learn more from you, Rob. We definitely should. <laughs> uh, how? What's? I, let's just. What's your late policy? Oh, it's it's the same. If you, I mean, coming to work on time is as easy as it gets. You know, like if, if you can't do that, then I can't rely on you to do anything else. All right, so we can basically kind of throw that out there. Number one thing that we should all look for is if they're going to be on time or if they're going to be late. And no matter what bullshit we went through to get them to hired, we got to can them. Yep. Have to. One of the things that I look for, too, is responsibilities. People with families and kids and, and house payments and, you know, that kind of stuff. Those people just can't walk away from a job. They have, they are more committed to you because they need the work too. All right. Wow. Say that Rob, again. So Rob, hold on. So yeah, Rob yeah, yeah. hit, yeah. So Rob hit a nail on the head that I'm glad that he said this. All right. But hold on. We let me have, say, it again. Say, say it again, Rob, because I want people here and then Nick, I'll come back. But just hiring people with responsibilities, you know, people that, ha that have bills to pay. You know, when you hire a kid that's 19 years old, lives with his parents and doesn't have to pay anything, they don't really give a shit if they get fired because they're just going to go back to what they were doing. You fire somebody who's 40 years old and has th two kids and a house payment, their, their, their life is a little more devastated. So they are, they are way more committed to working for you. All right, Nick. Yeah, so Rob... 100% right. And so here's the problem when you when you play around in that $10 an hour, $12 an hour pool, you're usually not finding people with responsibilities. You're finding the 19 year old, you're finding the 20 year old. And I've found a gem or two in in that, you know, age range. But most of all, like Rob said, when people have responsibility, what they can't do is take their money supply to zero. Okay. So they keep coming to work and they might be miserable and you might start seeing some red flags and you got to go on the hiring hunt, but they're usually going to get you through a lot longer than trying to find a 19 year old and saying, Hey, do you love cars? Cause that, that love and cars thing, you know, I made a big mistake at the beginning of hiring where I thought if I found people that really loved cars, they would love coming to work. And I, even at the beginning of my career, when I started this, you know, I came from, the, the, the Concord level shows. I wasn't having people roll up on a Honda Civic. I thought, man, when they see a Ferrari for the first time, they'll definitely think this is cool. That shit never lasted. I mean, I was totally wrong on that. 
But the one thing that, that I have now is a mature group of guys that understand what we're doing. And the other thing is I don't have time. My guys don't have a set time for work. They got a set time to start work, but if they get their day done in an efficient manner and all the work's done, they can go home. They've earned their money. I don't have a set schedule. I don't have a nine to five. So I have guys that start at three or four o'clock in the morning because of some of the clients we take care of and we got to get in before certain times and whatever. And I got certain guys that started at, you know, stagger off that time. But one of the things I got rid of was I'll give you your schedule for the next day. If you're really efficient, it takes you three hours and you want to go to the lake and go on your boat, go on your boat. I mean, I almost took that. I took that from Google. I, I wanted to give a flexibility to my guys, but guess what? They need to earn their money. They need to earn the business. They need to understand what the day's about. Once they understand that day, hey man, you'll be surprised how much guys work. But I don't do the whole I I don't do the whole schedule thing. You got to be at work at a certain time because the client's expecting us. But from there, their day is planned out. Go to this client, this client, this client, and when you get them done, you get them done. And so yeah. I, I've set my business up that way and, and it's gone really well. And All I got right, we, guys that, that work really efficiently. We got a question mm -hmm. from Julian that he wants to ask before we do. Did you just say you have guys that go out on their boat? Well, I, I, I don't know how nice the boat is, but I mean, you know, they might have like a little lake troll boat. I don't know. Hey, I mean, it's more than most of us got, man. That's pretty cool. That's all I meant. Uh, <laughs> I don't have one. I don't have yeah, I, yeah, I don't have a boat either. <laughs> that's cool. But you know, if that's your I used hobby, to. I mean, <laughs> that cost too much. <laughs> Julian, what was your question, man? All right. So my question is, what are the common pitfalls when you start offering a commission to employees? I see that sometimes on the detailing group forums, people start to offer some type of commission as an incentive. Uh, to retain their employees and keep them working hard. What are the common pitfalls of doing that? My, the one, the only one that I've ever run into is sometimes they try to do it too fast. You, sometimes you have to like slow them down a little bit. Rob, move up just a little bit. So, uh, so my, my only pitfall with that is sometimes they, they go too fast. They're trying to get too much done in, in a short mm. amount of time to make as much as possible. Uh, and that's, that's the common at uh, dealership model, right? That flag hour. They just want to turn and burn cars. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, how do you handle that? Cause I, yeah, that's a common, common issue. So this is where when you step back from doing the work, you then have to have a keen eye for what each team of guys struggles with, right? You'll, you'll start to learn what quality control things everybody struggles with you won't know right away but one of the things you have to do is get a keen eye for hey man this team struggles doing this and so I got to go keep checking on that every single time and you're going to beat your head against the wall that's just the way it is but you almost become purely quality control at some point when you grow to a certain level and so I think that's that's what Rob is right. Guys, I still have guys who are super experienced that'll get in a hurry. They have something to go do. They've scheduled an appointment, whatever. They know if they get their day done, they can take off. Uh, but you just become the quality control and you have to, you know, inspect what you expect, right? I mean, that's, that's the old corny line, but you got to inspect the work. You know, you uh, got to have some type of system 
where you're checking you know, on work. We all have to, as we continue to grow in business, right? Uh, we all have to start wearing different hats. Uh, one great. Hey, can I ask a question? You can. Let me finish this real quick. One okay, great, okay. one great thing that I heard from Gary Vaynerchuk is what gets you to one point in your business isn't always what gets you to the next point. So I'm just saying that to uh, agree with what you're saying, Nick, like we do have to eventually start wearing different hats, bring somebody in to run something so that we can run a hat on a different side. Brandon, go ahead. And Nick, are you, you got like teams of people going out or like single people going out that you're paying these 50% or 60% of the job out to. So if you had like yeah. two people, you're paying that 60% to two people. So yeah, uh, 50% so, or whatever. Yeah. So what'll happen is uh, my team leader will get 40%. Um, and then we'll have somebody uh, when they start out at 10% and then they'll start to get bumped up. Okay. But my guys that have been with me a long time, get 40, not all of my team leaders get 40. They get, they get bumped each year. Um, you know, some are right now at, at 30 to 35%. They haven't made it to the 40% level. So I'm a lot like Rob, where we start, we really scale that team leader pay, um, you know, I have one guy that I'm probably, to be honest with you, going to end up at a 50% just by himself, um, you know, because he can do a lot of work on his own. And I may have him doing only, and this is just a recent development, he may only do coatings because he's that efficient, he's that good. We may put him just on coatings and put somebody else in that truck and have to have him travel around and do coatings in a truck by himself. But I really kind of take it, like Rob said, you know, it's a scale thing. Um, but I prefer two man teams personally. I, I'm just now coming up on a guy that I actually trust to do some things by himself because I think guys wear out, man. And it gets lonely. And I, I you know, I just think having somebody else there just to at least say hi to is, is a nice thing. It, it can be lonely detailing cars. We've always, we've all been through it, man. You just, you're out there on your own and you're just going, uh, uh, what the hell? What the hell just happened? <laughs> no idea. Yeah, what oh, the hell? Yeah, I was just saying, I got, I got a thing saying uh, broadcast my skills. Like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, that, that's the best way I can describe it. I don't want to leave guys out on their own, man. I think it's just a lonely place, and it's not that fun to work that way. Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, we, we run in two-man teams, uh, too. Yeah. Dustin, I was gonna, I was actually gonna yeah. jump over to you and let you explain kind of what you guys do. Yeah, so we run in two man teams too. Unless we're training someone up, then we put a third with them. Um, but uh, speaking to the QC, the quality control, that was one of the hardest positions that I hired for. Um, you know, it was, it, it's, it's really takes the perfect person to go in and inspect and make sure everything's perfect. And that was one of the hardest jobs for me to like relinquish, me to let go of, because that's my baby. And it always has been. And I felt like I'd done it all, you know, always, you know, did a better job. Go ahead. Dustin, no, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you no. said that. Thank you for uh -huh. letting me break in. Because uh, yeah. I can imagine that's a struggle for all of us. Uh, we're, we're similar to, I'm just looking at Cody. He's, he's it's, doing a great job on wheels. You know, he's, he's working hard. It's so hard for us in that situation to let somebody else come in and yep. 
also do it because it just won't be as good as quality, right? Is that what you're saying? And, I mean, and I'm still overlooking their shoulder. Um, you know, I'm, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and so my, uh, we had a QC manager. She left uh, a few months ago. So I brought, I hired up, um, I, I, you know, promoted from within. And, uh, and, and I'm still looking over, you know, his name's Matt. I'm looking over Matt's shoulder um, just because it's hard to let go. And even though I'm in the office more than I'm out in the shop nowadays, because we're running our marketing or sales or we're working on, you know, back office stuff. Um, every time I'm out in that shop and it's, every, it's probably every hour I'm going through looking, I'm going through inspecting kind of over the top. And that's just my nature. Um, it's, it, it is my business, but I do know that if you plan on, if you want to grow, you have intentions of growing your business, you have to be able to train what you're great at, you know, train people to do what you're great at and then trust them to do it, you know, put them in the position that they may fail, but you fail too at times. And you just have to, you know, coach them up, teach them how to, you know, how to do it better, how to, how to get better. And what are the things to look for? And, uh, you know, just, just keep, keep moving. Um, it's never going to be perfect. It's, it's, it's not, it's never going to be perfect. You just keep moving forward. Um, you know, and, you know, try to train them the best you can develop process. So that's what, that's Marty, what we do. I, I want to talk to, to Dustin's point, but I kind of want to pass it to Rob on this. One of the things that becomes hard is how you say stuff to people that work for you. Um, it's easy in the midst of everything. You're, you're a lot more busy than that team, right? Cause you see the whole picture and sometimes you get short with them. How can you keep missing this? How can you, and what happens is you start to wear on people. Uh, I recently talked to someone who called me about his business, who said that he's such a neat freak that he can't have people. He's never been able to hire people because they don't keep their area clean. And it's like, hey, man, you're, you're really picking at something really small there. I'm not saying let them work filthy, but if they're not exactly your type of neat, you're, you're clipping people over that, it's going to be hard to hire. And sometimes you got to just say, hey, that's good enough, <laughs> you know, which is really hard at the beginning of business yeah. for me, yeah. which is because I wanted things, I wanted things my way. And I think that that's. Uh, well, it's, it's so hard for us as detailers, right? Because we pride ourselves in being a hundred percent, right? It, it's not detailed unless it's detailed, right? I can't put that shit out if it looks like that. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, Rob has a, a huge team, man. I, I don't know, you know, how he feels about this, but that's that's kind of where my whole thing is, man. I, I had to start letting some things go, and how you speak to your team is a lot more important than what people usually put weight on it. Yeah, right. they, they Rob. people people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. You know, if you're an asshole, it doesn't matter what you pay, you know, and you might be able to get away paying a little bit less if you treat them with respect and, and do well. You know, it's not all about money. I mean, you know, we started this talking about money, but it's really not all about money. It's, it, it is about the culture of the business and how they are treated within the business. All right. Give it. Okay. That's going to be a big, that's a big thing to say. Can you break it down a little bit more? Can we go into a little bit more? Well, you know, one of the things that, that we do is, you know, during our quarterly meetings and stuff like that, we, we get everyone's goal. What do you want to accomplish in the next quarter? What do you want to accomplish in the next year? And Adam, my CXO puts them up on his wall and he makes sure that he helps you get to that. And he checks in. Hey, you want a new car this quarter? 
how, how are you doing on that? Do you need any help with that? You know, that kind of stuff. You, oh, you wanted to move out of your parents' house and get your own apartment. Do you need any resources on that? You know, that kind of stuff goes a long way when you're talking about. So you use it for, for that? Could you also use it in a little bit of like, if we're talking about quality control, if we're talking about people showing up on time, if we're talking about all the things that we struggle with, are you saying that if we put out that carrot in a sense that we can continue to nurture a relationship if we're giving them what they want out of their life? Yeah, training's expensive. You don't want these people to go. So, you know, you need to you you need to hang on to them and if, and if if you know actually showing a genuine interest and care about their life and career is what it is what it takes then that that's what it takes you know like it, you you want them to succeed because if they succeed you succeed and the company as a whole succeeds yeah uh yep. you, you won't hear that from an $800 a weekend training right no. you mm -hmm. won't so thank you thank you so much uh yeah Julian, and, you I'll, had and, I'll, question? and I'll, yeah I'll, I'll say this to piggyback on rob a little bit you know, I started letting my guys take their trucks home. You know, I started letting things happen that made their life better. Um, does it cost me money? Do, do my trucks end up in California sometimes on a road trip? And I didn't know. Sure they do. 100% they do. But guess what? You know, that person's life is better. They have a gas card. They don't have to report to me about every little thing. And so what happens is step by step by step, when I made the money statement, this is all money that they see, right? This is all something they see that they're getting by working for, for, for a good company. And I'm not the only good company in the world. Rob runs a good company. A lot of detailing companies are doing things their way, but encouraging people to come to work. So I would say this, man, a lot of guys get caught up in the pettiness of hiring people. And they're really hard on people and they're, they don't realize that that's a huge issue. And I didn't realize it until I stepped back and somebody, you know, kind of said to me, Hey man, you're tough on people. You got to find that balance, man. You got to find a balance of getting the shit done that you need getting done. And also giving them a huge benefit of working with you as a team member. That, that balance is a lot tougher than anybody ever leads on. That's the different hats part, right? There's just different things that we're going to have to go through. Dustin, what were you saying? Yeah, uh, speaking to the cold board, we do that um, at the first of the year. We put set out, we ask, uh, you know, everybody in the company to submit their, you know, their goals for the year. And we have a huge board that we attract those. Yeah, we have a huge board that we track those goals with. And, um, and it just makes, you know, it brings the, the team in closer. We also do like uh, team events. I mean, I take them out on the boat and um, I take them out on our boat. We go do a thing. We're having a paintball, uh, a paintball game next Saturday with all the companies. I got 27 employees. I've been talking office managers, marketing, sales, everybody's coming out to this paintball field and we're all playing. And it's just to be build team building. I'm sorry. It's to build a uh, team building. Um, uh, to, to, you know, to bring everybody so, you know, that's, that's, that we do things like that, that separates us from the rest of everybody to, to make it fun, to make it. Good. All right. 
Hey, we, we know you got fit. Like, that's why I think Brandon's got his on mute. There's a lot of times we got kids. No worries, man. It's, it, you know, you got, you got to do what you got to do. Hi, right, thank you. Yeah, Julian, what was, you had a second question? Yes, it's a couple of them. So you guys are basically involved in that managing role, quality control, managing a team. Now, now, why should you measure the growth of your team and how does that relate to a successful business? Okay, I, I'm trying to say, okay, ask me that again because I think I was trying to struggle with, so ask me that one more time. Why should you measure the growth of your team? So their skill set, the value they bring to your business, why, why is that important? And how does that relate to a successful business? Well, I think as your team, I mean, levels up, their skill set and the things that, the, that, that you can measure inside your business, you can usually start to see the money grow around what they do, right? So let's say somebody just starts out polishing a car, right? I think this is the question you're asking. They start polishing cars right this second, okay? Today's their first day. If by month six, they're the best paint polisher in your business, they're probably going to turn out an extra two, three, four, five cars a week over everyone else. And so what happens is, you got to figure out how to reward that person for advancing their skill set, being great at what they do. Because I think what ends up happening is sometimes companies look out and think that everybody is the same. And I think that's a huge mistake. You need to be able to identify who is helping you drive your business and you need to elevate them to the best of your ability because, you know, let's be honest, you're only going to find great guys or gals to work for you every so often. And so when you start to measure that stuff, I think it makes it a little easier to find out, Hey, what am I getting out of this person? What are the, what are they producing? And, and, you know, what does that look like inside my business? So I think you have to have some quantifiable right. things like that. Can I, can I, Julian, can I kind of adapt that question and dumb it down to we're a solopreneur? How do I evaluate bringing another person in? Like at least one person. Right. Rob? Uh, I yeah. say when you can't handle the work anymore. <laughs> when it's too much. Okay, I remember, okay. I remember okay, the day thank coming you. home and laying on the floor because my back hurts so bad. I'm like, this shit's mm. for the birds. I'm not There's kidding. so many people Ooh. right now, right? And 2020 and every year. And Dustin, thank you for how well you help people book accounts. But we want to put out in groups of how far out we're booked out right? But we're the only guy doing the work, right? We might do a pretty great job for a year, two years, three, like we can. There's just no possible way to grow full scale, quote unquote, whatever scale means. Scale just means, I think if we can all take that word and say, it just means to be able to duplicate what you do, right? So that you can multiply. How do we bring in one person? Rob, I, I started when I was, booked, you know, I've always said I, I add a new van when I'm booked two weeks out. As soon as okay. I get booked two weeks out, I add another truck. Two weeks yeah, out and that, done. That, Rob yeah. is, that's when Rob people is, stop waiting. People will wait yeah. like two weeks and then, and then, yeah, you'll get so, people, your regulars who will wait, but a, a, a new customer will just move on. Yeah. Rob, Rob built has that's exactly people want like a crazy I think sometimes people think there's like some crazy thought behind it 
you know, there's like this big scheme you came up with to grow your business, but sometimes it's necessity. Uh, I told you this story, uh, Marty, uh, when I was talking to you last week, when you had a question from a guy, the last truck I bought was I took my first vacation away from my company ever. One of the guys got to drive my truck around and goes, I'm not giving you the keys back. Like I need my own route. I didn't even have a route. I didn't have anything for him. I just had to figure it out because I could see in his eye, he wasn't going backwards. So I had to make a split second decision. Like, okay, dude, I literally drove my car around for two weeks while I looked for another truck. I mean, he literally had my truck and he's like, you need to figure this out. I want my own truck. Well, I can't let that guy go, but it wasn't like some grand plan of me adding another truck. It just kind of happened. And adding a second person is like Rob said, I couldn't do anymore. And I, what I was going to figure out how to get somebody with me so I could then get a third person. There also has to be a sense of, I'm not going to quit. And sometimes people get discouraged on hiring and they just stop. Uh, you know what? I'll just do it myself. Well, guess what? Uh, I can't help yeah. you. That, that, per, that person gets to that point. It's hard for everybody. There's nobody that's great at it. There's nobody that's perfect at it. I should say. Uh, you're going to struggle with it. It is what it is. And you got to get over the hurdle or you're going to be like Rob said, laying on the ground because you're going, I, I can't do anymore. And I'm booked now six months out and wow, I'm, uh, I'm really underwater here and I don't know what's going on. And I don't want people to think there's always a grand plan. There isn't. But Sometimes you of, just have to get it done. So a lot of those people that we have seen over the past two, three years have now shrunk back right? Or have now gone in a different direction. It's just so impossible to continue to maintain for that long. It just, it really is by yourself. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with Rob. Like that's the best word. Like I, it just beat you up, man. I remember the day just it. laying on my back, stretching my back out to get from being bent over yeah. in the car all day long. I and mean, I it's, like, it, I can't, I'm not going to do this my whole life. Yeah. And so you, you got to figure, I, I mean, I want to get through to guys, man. It's, it's not always some massive plan. The shit is just thrown in your lap and you got to figure it out. And there's always principles you can take. Like you can always do things in a responsible manner. You can always be prepared for the next step, but you don't always know when that's going to come. You know, like I told you, I mean, my late, the last truck I bought, literally a guy was like, I'm not giving you your keys back. Like just flat out told me in a parking lot. He goes, no, I'm not, I'm you need to figure this out. Like, what was I supposed to do? So I had to go buy another truck. Like, I mean, some people say you'd fire him. <clears throat> no, I'm not firing. I like that. I, I, you know, me personally, that dude wanted to get it done. He's like, go sell some shit. And I'll, that's, I'll that's one it. of the I'm things like, that's hard to find in people is that drive to, to want to move forward <clears throat> and progress that, you know, a lot, a lot of people, the issue, like one of the things a lot of people I think love about detailing is that instant gratification. Um, which I do too, but a lot of people want that in every aspect of their life. They want to jump in and be at the top. They don't want to actually have to like progress through the steps. So when you find somebody with the drive to actually want to progress like that, it's, it's not smart to give them up. All and right. I, I've Go just ahead, Rob. Too. So one of the things I found as you guys start to hire people is don't promote people outside of their skill set 
because I have high, I have promoted people into managerial roles that were the world's best detailers and they had absolutely no idea how to manage people or their time or anything like that. And I ended up losing great detailers because I wasn't aware of their, their skills and what they required. So when I moved them up, I promoted them into a role that they couldn't handle. So yeah, you know, I look back tough. at those and I'm like, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. They weren't ready for that. Even though they wanted it and I thought it was a good idea at the time, I've gotten a lot better at identifying, you know, what this person's going to need or if they're even capable of being a manager or having a higher role in the company. Yeah, yeah that's, that's important. Rob, that, like Rob said, is right. I mean, Rob is right on that for one reason, because I actually think this happens a lot with polishing. Guys don't progress and train their people properly and then get frustrated when somebody can't perform the polishing the way they need it. And so there, you know, Rob, Rob is talking about a, a, a promotion from, you know, detailer to management, but let's boil it down. If a guy doesn't know how to detail a rim and you put a polisher in his hand and you think he's going to succeed, that ain't going to happen either. That's promoting beyond what they're where they're at. And what happens is they get frustrated. They don't want right. to do a bad job. I, th I, I, I love that <clears throat> thought, Nick. Rob, those are two great. How do we, right? How do we see that? That's experience. I, yeah, I've done yeah. it. I've done it three or four times. And how many times have you failed? Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. How many times have you failed at it? before you finally succeeded at it? There's four that I really regret. Yeah, I, I have a few myself, same concept. And I, you know, I don't know that it's ever over. You, you try to be, you know, you learn from those mistakes, but when you if you promote a guy or you give him a, 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 or a woman or a, a name that they're not ready for or a title that they're not ready for, it's worse than, than anything. I mean, cause then you're, you know, you're setting them up for failure. And, you know, we've, we've fought that battle numerous times a few times that i can remember and you know try to bring somebody up faster than they're ready for and you just you know you set them up for failure and it's and it's really heartbreaking because they're really good employees and you had a lot of hopes and they wanted to they just went for that role and um we you don't forget those um those, those really sting you know and that's why i love rob was talking about how he incentivizes training you know his people <clears throat> excuse me his people going through training one of the most important things is, again, to not get somebody put in a place where they get frustrated because of a mistake you made. If I tell somebody to go polish something and they've never been told to, how to polish that, that specific thing, they're going to get frustrated. They're going to get down on themselves. And you're not going to see it happen because you're busy watching all these other things. So that's why it's important to understand how to progress somebody through your detailing process. Something as simple as that can derail you getting a good team member. You can find a great person. And if you don't progress them properly, th logically through your process, whatever you're teaching them, they're going to get frustrated and feel like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at this. Or, you know, uh, he's always mad at me or whatever. It's like, no, man, you didn't have the proper training. And again, it doesn't have to be on, on Rob's level. Rob is on a much larger level. I'm talking about just if you're one person, just because you know how to do it doesn't mean they know how to do it. So you got, you got to walk them through all that stuff. And right. I think that really has me, that's mistakes I've made that lost good people. 
is that I, I, I just wasn't fair to them and progressing them through what they should be taught properly. And, and that was, I made mistakes like that a bunch of times. Yeah. I, mean, I think everybody happens. has. And I think that's, I, I feel like that's the struggle that a lot of detailers have is once you go through that one hire, the second hire, maybe even like, it's just like, oh, people don't want to work. Right. Like it takes so many, of course they don't want to work. Who wants to work? Right. I mean, wouldn't we all rather just be in San Diego sitting on the beach or out somewhere? I mean, whatever it is that you really want to do, like I would much rather, right. Not everybody loves to work. Might rather just be at the bar hanging out. I mean, sure. Who wouldn't, I don't blame them. It is super hard to actually for many people decide that they want in their life to work. It just is and what just, it is. And by the way, just remember, they don't own the company, man. They're never going to care as much as you. I don't care what culture you build. Do you think anybody at Amazon cares as much as Jeff Bezos does? Really? The CEO doesn't care as much as Jeff Bezos does, and he's getting paid a bunch of money too. They don't, they're never going to be that tip top level like you. You can find a lot of people that buy into your culture, come in below you, but you always got to keep in mind, man, you're, you're the one that cares the most and you got the most on the line and you know, all the, the stories of your company and you know, all the struggles and you all, you know, the, the times you were laying on the ground, they don't know all of that. And so they don't have the same belief in, they can buy into what you're doing, but there's always going to be this next level that owners are on. And I think sometimes, man, people just can never get that out of their head. Like, Hey, it's okay, man. They're still good people. It just, they're never going to quite care that extra 1%. And a lot of detailers and, and business owners let that get inside their head. Like, uh, well, he doesn't care as much as me. Well, no. Yeah. It's, it's easy to lose sight of like, you, you can't expect that either. And, yeah. it, and it's, it's really easy to lose sight of that. Definitely. Brandon, I think had a question. Yeah. I, I was wondering a couple things, but uh, the major one was, how to introduce your your new team member i'm gonna go from just me which i've been for going on my fifth year now and i've been booked out um a couple months almost two years now sometimes longer i need that first initial person how do you introduce your clients to someone you're training or if they're good enough just to send after a few weeks or three weeks how do you introduce them to that because they bought into you for years Brandon, great question, man. I think you just have to bring them with you and have them doing it alongside of you for a little while till the customer is comfortable with that. And then you, what I did was I was there in the beginning and then I would leave and go check on a different crew and then be there at the end. So you know, I took the keys and gave the keys back. Someone else did the work. You did that for a little while and, and they, they just lose sight of. Yeah. I, I always, whenever, so as a mobile detailer, I would always, whenever I bring somebody new on, right. They immediately got a shirt. Okay. Have to have a shirt. So they immediately look like and a shirt. Right. I, I mean, even now I'm just wearing a t-shirt, right. I just, I, I mean, in Oklahoma, we can wear t-shirts through, I mean, the good part, or maybe you put on an undershirt, maybe put on a little jacket, and then later you put on a heavy thing. But for the most part, we can wear a t-shirt and something around, right? It's not that cost inhibited. So the first thing that I would do was definitely put them in a shirt. And the first time that they were at that customer's house, 
I would make sure that if I was getting keys from that customer, I would make sure to say, oh, and this is Isaac or, oh, this is Brian or, oh, this is whoever, just so that they could see, know a name and know who they were. Immediately bridged a, if I ever thought that there'd be an uncomfortable moment, I'm the owner introducing somebody that's working on their property or working in their area. I just always felt that that was the first initial thing, right? Then as I would want to progress away from that relationship direct with the customer and allow my team member to come in and handle the car, I would just begin to say that. Okay. Hey, you need your car done. This does. Okay. I'll be there. So will so-and-so and we'll handle it. I would those first couple of times be there at the very first part, grab the key, make sure so-and-so knew what they were doing, hand them the key and I'm out. Right. Now, of course, there's all that quality control of coming back. If you need, you know, all that stuff too, that you want to do as an owner, but that moments of introducing and working with the client, that's the way I would handle it now. Right now I get text messages and say, Hey, when will Darren, can Darren clean cars this weekend? Sure. I had a guy that went and cleaned four cars in a barn on Saturday. Right. I mean, it just, he's like, Hey, I'll leave the cash in there and cool. I mean, there's no, there's nothing. I mean, we've got, we've got codes into their gates. We got codes into their places and it's, it just, it happens. Nick has that too, where he's got codes into people's place. It just, yeah. Nick, how did you handle that customer interaction with, you know, employees? I, I think pretty similar to you and Rob, you know, I just keep, keep people around me. Right. So everybody just is part of my circle, right? I want my clients to feel like everybody's part of my circle and everybody's interchangeable and everybody is vetted. Uh, you know, and again, depends on what kind of work you're doing. You know, we have to do federal background checks on my, on my, uh, employees, because I have certain clients that are of the ilk that we have to do it. I didn't have a choice. Uh, so that has actually helped the screening process <laughs> quite a bit. It's, it's costly, uh, but it's something I have to do. Um, and I just make sure I'm around, right? I'm around, my guys are around. I don't try to shield. I think a lot of guys think they need to shield their clients from people they hire. I felt differently. I always want my people around. I want my guys in my shirts. If they come up with it, I don't really give too much thought of it. I just want people to see people with me. And, you know, when it's right for that person to, to take care of that client in the future, my client should have the belief system that I've done the right thing. I think the people that get scared about, well, you know, the relationship is with me. I, I was there once. But once I did it, I kind of realized, you know, everybody you do business with does business on their own time too. So they have people that maybe they manage or so they get it. You know, you just kind of forget that they're not really all that concerned with you. They just kind of want whatever service they're paying for to get done. And, and they don't really care that much uh, who is doing it, just that you're involved in getting it done. If that okay. makes sense. I will. It, well, it does for some, Nick. Others who have bought into know your worth, right? And stay in that and grind it and get a thousand dollars of detail, get $4,500 of detail. It's all about their own technique. It's all about what they're performing, what that person individually is doing as a solepreneur, which goes back to the main headline, right? Those, if 
And a lot of that key thing is, hey, make a hundred bucks an hour. You know, could you make, you know, a thousand dollars? We got people on, you know, whiteboard saying you got to make a minimum of a thousand dollars of detail. Well, yeah, that's a good point. That that's that's a different. And again, I guess I should have prefaced this by saying, if your business model is one of, it's all about your talent, and you've sold on your talent alone instead of just, I'm a detailing company and we do good work. I never interjected that it was like always about my talent. Does that make sense? Where, like you said, if you're doing $4,500 paint correction, you know, in coding jobs, you're, you're more in that realm of it's all about your talent, right? Nobody can learn what you're doing. For me, man, I, I never really have my guys in that situation. You know, everybody knows that my process is copied by my guys. Okay. So I guess I've never made it just about me. My company does things a certain way, okay? Not me individually, my company. And I make sure to kind of speak that way, which is I'm a company. I'm not an individual. You know, I got a lot of people who, you know, Vegas is really crazy with the whole gated community thing. And I'm sure some people live in an area like this too, where like, if the name is wrong on the pass to get into the gated community because they got a guard gate, they're calling me, they're calling the person's house. They're making all kinds of ruckus around this, us getting in these gates. It's the stupidest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Okay. And it happened this morning. Like one letter of my guy's name was off on the pass because somebody had a typo at the guard gate and it fucking went bananas. But here's the good thing. Most of those passes now just say Vegas rides. They don't have anybody's name on them. Okay. So my, my people aren't announcing, you know, Hey, you know, Robert's there or so, but so is there or anything like that. It's just my company. So I made it about my company. And I think that's the best thing that, that I ever did is that I didn't make it about me. My company does things a certain way. And so anybody associated with the shirt on their back that says Vegas rides is just my company. We do things a certain way. And, when, and I think when you kind of globalize it like that to clients, you're not stuck so much behind the polisher. And I don't know if that makes sense to guys, but that's what I found. I don't, I don't speak about my talent. I just speak about what we do as a company. Yeah. Dustin, go ahead. And, and that's exactly, that's exactly the approach I had. Even when there wasn't a, we, even when it was just myself or maybe a helper, it was always, we'll take care of this. The team will take care of this. And it was always bigger than myself because I knew that that wasn't, I wasn't planning on just being the detailer the rest of my life myself. And so we spoke in that atmosphere. We kind of spoke that even when it wasn't a big team um, and, and we carried that on. So even as, you know, my guys will be there or my team will be there. Um, and as long as they're, you know, as long as they're branded with EZN and they're, you know, they're in the, their trucks or the vans and um, you know, they're, they're part of us. They're part of the process and, and, and when we're scheduling, we, we, we use that same language. Um, when the girls are scheduling the, de uh, the details, you know, our team will be out there at this time. Uh, you know, and, and you kind of set those expectations for the customer, and they don't expect to see me. Um, you know, a lot of them know my name. They're going to call and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, have Dustin, you know, can Dustin give me a price or whatever? And say, well, Dustin's not available. I'll go ahead and give you a price. But, you know, those are just people that have heard my name, but most of them would never expect me to – to be out there, they expect someone from EZN, you know, crew from EZN to come do the detail. And that's because we've set those expectations for a long time. Um, but we started, you know, from the beginning, it wasn't about me and my skills. Um, 
solely, you know, it was giving credit to the team where it's due, making sure that everybody understood that it wasn't going to be just me working on their vehicle. And, um, you know, that's how we done it from the start. All right. I love it. All right. Uh, we can definitely hang out and keep going if people want. It has definitely reached that uh, time, though, Derek. Uh, I am really excited for this one, especially for everybody that's on. Uh, it is time for the check-in with Nick to see. There you go. Yeah, I, know. I was like, there oh, you damn go. It. I, we missed like the whole time, Nick. I hadn't seen the videos. No, I hadn't seen good. what's going on. What's cooking with Nick doing? <laughs> All right. We just finished up. I'm planning for myself and my mama. So, all right, walk us through what That's you what do. We got. Is some curry chicken? Uh, uh, sweet and sour chicken. Ooh. Base is just rice. I mean, cooked rice. It's easy. Uncle Ben's 90 seconds. Come on. Um, all right, zoom in, though. Zoom in. Zoom in. Ooh, hold on. <laughs> okay. Cook rice. Easy. You guys know how to cook rice. Uncle Ben's. Um, grilled some chicken. The grill cut out halfway through, so I had to bake the rest of it. Um, because I ran out of gas. Regardless, made some chicken, added a sweet and sour sauce, which is basically rice vinegar, ketchup, ginger garlic, um, and oil. Made Pretty it yourself? It. Yeah. Nice. Um, toss chicken in that, add peppers, add onion, saute for a little bit, add garnish on the top, sesame seed, and parsley. Plate it up. Here we are. Nicely done, man. Nicely done. <laughs> How's it taste? I don't know yet. I'm plating it up for my mom. I'll let you know though. <laughs> All right. Well, when mom's got it, when Nick's mom's got it going on, let us know. All right. Daisy's mom. <laughs> Derek, what do you think? Tab out question? Yeah, we can we can hit it up. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. I'm pretty excited about this one because I think <laughs> it's actually somebody that Rob uh I think it might actually go into Rob's little uh, side pocket. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've been laughing <laughs> about this one. I've actually been laughing about this one all day. Uh, me and my buddy at work came up with this one, and Rob, we were gossiping. You're, you're up first. I, I, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, like you said, Marty was saying, this is a tap-out question. End of the night, uh, you're at the bar. There's that guy over in the corner. He's going to ask you a weird question. So, here we go. Would you rather watch Danny DeVito lose his virginity or would you have Danny DeVito watch you lose your virginity? <laughs> Rob, it's crazy either way. <laughs> Why? Which one? Are you watching Danny or is Danny watching you? I guess he could just watch me because I All right. <laughs> That's 100% oh. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let Danny watch me. Yeah, Nick, Danny's... you also? <laughs> All right, everybody hands 100%, up for, for, 100%. for getting watched. Oh, oh Danny's yeah. watching. Oh, Danny's yeah. watching. Oh, yeah. Hey, hands, Danny's watching. Okay, now hands up for being watched. Like, you're going to watch somebody. <laughs> well, you guys are a little late for the virginity, but if you're into watching, you can find me at only slant, OnlyFans no! forward slash. No! No! <laughs> oh, it's oh, messed up. That's funny. That's really that, funny. That's awesome. Alex, I think you are known throughout the, the detailing world for uh, smashing quite a few. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't you always yeah. post up about customers hitting on you and everything? Oh, man. It's, un it's unreal. It's unreal. The, That's a the closed last, group, last, though. Sorry. Last, no, it's all good. Last week, it, it happened to be a guy. And I don't really know what to do because he has a really extensive classic car collection, like Jaguars, Range Rovers, Cadillacs. <laughs> For which team? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it can't do that. It can't. I guess. <laughs> Bill, the oh, bill came man. and he goes, is there any way we can settle this uh, besides money? I mean, he kept saying <laughs> stuff about polishing his tips and... Little off the top. I thought, right, I thought yeah. at first he was talking like the, the chrome tips of the Jaguar and then the Range Rover was stainless, but I, I put a mirror finish on that, so I thought that's what he was talking about until he told me I was handsome. Oh! <laughs> oh! You're like... Like, sir, sir. I can't, I can't make this shit up. Hey, awesome. sir. I think he told you. <laughs> He's hey, John, his... man, good to hear from Sorry. you. Any questions for tonight? No, no. Actually, uh, all the questions got answered uh, pretty much what everybody else was asking. I mean, that's that's the thing is with me is that, uh, un, you know, if you, you kind of sit back, everybody will ask the same exact questions of what most people are already thinking anyway. So it actually answered a lot of the questions that, I've been asking myself, but also things that I've done in the past with trying to introduce people and, and bring on new new guys. So it definitely was very, very informative, and I appreciate it, Nick. I really appreciate everybody's feedback. Yeah. All right, Cody, I know you've been working hard. You were doing – oh, we just lost Cody. Where'd you go? I was going to say, hey, Cody's been working hard doing rims and uh, coating all kinds of places, uh, and I was going to check in with him to see if he had any questions, but I think he just uh, – he just topped off for a second. Derek, you've been quiet. Anything uh, going through your mind? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but I, I have one of my uh, one of my buddies has been coming to help me recently. So um, it's a lot of stuff you guys are talking about tonight has been going through my head with, the uh, you know, like you said, uh, the business is my baby. And I got to kind of have to like lower, like they're not going to be as good as me type stuff. You know, it's, but literally 100% everything we talked about tonight was ex everything that I went through the last couple of days. He's come with me in a couple of cars, and I've always had to go like, well, you know, I, I would probably do it like this, but I just let him do his thing. And, you know, after we were done, I told him, like, yeah, man, you did a really good job. And he's just like, oh, when are we going again? And I'm like, really? You want to come? Like, I got, I got, uh, some, I got to do some machinery. One of my customers just bought a, um, a new skid steer, and he's, like, looking to go. And I was like, I was like do you want to come with me? Like. So I'm all right. So, this is good. So this is good. This is a good episode. Okay. So let's, let's dissect that for a second, Derek. Right. Uh, doing good job. Right. Showing up wants to work. It's part-time for you though. Right. Yeah. I'm, it's definitely, it's part-time for me. Um, it's more of like, uh, it's just it's just kind of easier for me to have somebody with me, basically, as of right now. But oh, I'm not of course, yeah, like, it's way easier to have somebody yeah. with you. I, I listen. But, I agree. I'm I'm trying to to jump. I'm trying to to coach you into this because I was in that same struggle with how do I go from a one person operation where I'm running around cleaning cars, happy as can be, but I just there was a moment where I just knew that there's no way I could do it by myself. That's uh, where I'm at. It it is. I mean. It's where most of us eventually get to. So, John, thanks for saying that. Like, uh, and it doesn't matter if you're full time out running around or if it's part time. I would say, and this is why I want to bounce it over to Nick. 
I would say that Nick has a really great approach to if you're part-time, go for sky's the limit, right? Isn't that where you go high price? And especially if you got, you know, a guy that can yep. work, then you could actually pay him more because you're, you're got a part-time gig, right? You got a full-time yeah. job. So yes. if I've got a yep. full-time job that's taking care of all of my bills, then how do I grow a, a side hustle into a full-time business, right? You're yep. actually at the best spot than with me where I just jumped, right? I left my full-time and just had to figure it out all on my own. Whereas if you've got somebody paying you for a full-time gig, how can you develop a side hustle and then get that guy starting to run your business for you? Yep. Wow. If you could yeah. get that going, Nick. Yeah. Thoughts? So this is, this is kind of what I did a lot in the, in the beginning before I ever technically owned my business is I did Concord work, a lot of Ferrari work because I had just kind of grown into that from when I started. Okay. And I just had met some people and I had a talent for a hundred hour paint correction, which is, it sucks. You know, you just go blind looking at a car. Like everybody thinks they want to do it until yeah. they do it. But here's the crazy thing. I was in a position where I was doing it on the side and I'm just like, Hey, look, I'm not going to do this for under X dollars. And people were like, okay. And I just named a price. So when you're part-time, one of the things you don't have is you don't have that desperation on you, right? So you can come across a little more confident as long as your skills meet up with your price. Don't go crazy. You know, I was at a different, when I first started, I was horrific at polishing, <laughs> you know, but once I grew into, I could do this on the side. Um, I really developed all my best customers doing it on the side. And that's what made me leap into my own business. Okay. Was because I started to come across guys with car collections and all of a sudden they were like, Hey, I don't want anybody else to touch the car. And I'm like, well, I can't do all these cars. And then it just kind of happened. Right. Like I just kind of said, Hey, I got to do my own thing here. And when I started my business, I didn't start from zero. I started with all this part-time work and now all of a sudden it wasn't a big deal for me to start my business. So I actually looked at part-time work as I didn't really have a business. And I'm not saying that's the right mentality. I'm just telling you where my head was in that moment. I was just somebody that had a talent to do Concord level work. And I never thought about it beyond that. And then when I started to get approached, it was like, okay, I, I got to do this. And then when I jumped out on my own, it was like, I was thinking about buying a shop, like literally buying a building to, to run my company. And my clients were like, I don't want to drop my car off at a building. I'd rather you come to my house. That's why I went mobile. That's what I said earlier, Marty. It, I didn't have some grand plan. And anybody that tells you you're always going to have the perfect plan, that's not how it goes. But I mean, Derek, if you're in a position now, like Marty said, where you're, you're on the side, you're getting more confident in your skills, start charging some more. That way, when you charge more, guess what? You can, if you want to grow your business and this guy, your friend is passionate about doing it, you now have room to pay him, still make money. And now you got a foundation for actually how to build your business right from the get-go. I, 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 I was very fortunate that financially I didn't struggle 
sort of the way traditionally you think about it, right? Like I had my financial struggles. It was just different than a beginning business because I had this, I kind of had this built-in clientele when I started my business. And if you build in that business with, as soon as you can bring somebody else in to help you, right? Because once again, so this is specifically Derek, you know, not necessarily straight for you, but for somebody that's in your style, right? Like there's plenty of people that are, uh, what do we call them? Pro prosumers or, you know, part-time or, you know, they, they enjoy detailing for money, but it's not really their full-time, you know, means of, we call those pros, right? Like, listen, charge the limit, right? Because to Nick's point, if you lose, right? If you charged at that point, if you charge more than normal and you brought somebody in always to always help, well, it makes that easier, right? Doesn't it? Of course. Yes. Right? When I started bringing people in to help me with a car, whether it's just, hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm going to pay you to just do these, these, and these, it automatically meant that I had to do less. Of course, right? I have to make sure that that person makes good money for his time coming in. And if you don't need it as your sole income, you, you can do exactly what Nick was saying, right? You can throw the ship at them in a sense with your margins built in so that you know that you're going to collect, right? Now for me, no, with I that guy that, that went out, I can post that a car in. With that guy that went and cleaned four cars this weekend, I my agreement with 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 him is he makes fifty percent. I'm in the same way, right? Now that's taken years, right? At first, I went out every time with him, every time. Eventually, I just would go and check. Now, I that guy brings me cash, right? He went and cleaned the cars. And then brings me 50% cash straight back. I think this also teaches you something else. And I, I'm kind of interested in how Rob thinks about this. It's, there's one term that when you're, when you're, when you're trying to be in the high end of the market, Derek, like, you know, everybody wants to get top dollar for their detailing, right? That's the whole theory. The cool thing about me is when I started throwing the kitchen sink at people, because I really didn't have anything to lose, I became better at sales. And so I learned how to sell people at a very high price point by just continuing to have that experience, right? So you may learn something invaluable that nobody, I certainly wasn't thinking about in the moment. I don't have any problem selling people at the top end of the market now because I kind of developed that skill when it didn't matter to me. You know, like I didn't know what I was doing, but when I look back, I kind of developed a skill out of just doing it. And so the cool thing is, is that one thing that just never gets referenced, you got to be a good salesperson for your business. And I think that really set me up uh, to do a better job years and years later. I never saw it that way till I thought back on it. But that's one of the cool things about being part-time is you can kind of develop your skills under, you know, no real pressure, Right. And you can start to figure out what works for you, how you talk to clients, that kind of thing. All right, Nick, I'm going to pause you. you we, we've had this discussion through different... I want you to go for a second and go on reproduction, right? How do you reproduce, right? How do yeah. you... 
how do you take Derek's situation and we just pick a style, right? Yep. Rob is not anywhere near what so many other people in Facebook groups, Alex, right? There's so much of like, you got to be this so-and-so and you got to do all this bit, right? That's not Rob. Rob is not the way I've walked into Rob's shop and it doesn't have that cool flooring that looks amazing. That's that, that shit gets so grimy. It's slippery. Like <laughs> the, besides it looking cool, there's, there's no benefit to it. I don't know. I don't even want to know the nasty shit that's growing under those floors. Mold. It's like we're no offense to anybody here. If you have them. So there's this <laughs> idea that you can, you can throw a bunch of money into a shop and make it look amazing. And Rob, I talked about this, uh, you know, we do this IDA podcast and I talked about this with Bob the other day. It was like, Hey, you know, there's a lot of people that just want to throw in this amazing. It's gotta be this. Like I've been in one, right. You've got multiple shops. I've been in one very organized, very clean, but it didn't have the most amazing pain or the most amazing lights all around. It wasn't, completely just blown out of proportion it's functional <laughs> it's there to make it got it. you by <laughs> it got you by yeah what rob what's the purpose of your shop what's it do for you it, it makes money for me so you know i don't I'm, I, that's never been me you're right I, i'm not a, a facebook detailer that likes to to, sh to show off what they're doing through pictures and having to buy all the you know the newest buffers and all that kind of stuff we operate like Here's your polish. Here's your, your all-purpose cleaner. You know, like I, I don't need six hundred different things in my shop. Here's what you need to do the job, and I'll teach you how to do it. And that's that's what that's what I'm after is productivity. Bingo. That's right. How Bingo. I run mine. It's exactly how I run mine. And I always say the best detailers have the least amount of stuff. The better you taught. get it, that's the better exactly you get at detailing. The better yep. you get at detailing, the less you need to the detail. The less stuff you need. Yeah, that's right. All, I was always taught. I was always taught that work with the minimal and become successful with the minimal because the I have a you know an expensive extractor and that doesn't mean jack squat because just because it's a big extractor doesn't mean that my uh, hundred and fifty dollar uh, shampooer won't pull that exact same steam out if I learn the techniques. So always work with the minimal and just perfect those. That's that's how I've always been taught. Brandon, question. Oh, I just wanted to make a comment. I was really happy to hear what Nick said um, about his company, Vegas Rides, because I also, I've been fortunate enough in my area to deal with high-end clientele and they want me to stay mobile. They tell me all the time when I think about getting a shop. And I think I came from a high-end speed shop before I started this company and it was a really nice building. It was the thing you'd post on Facebook. And I just assumed that clientele want to see that but they really enjoy me coming to them. Hey, I'm really glad you brought that up, Brandon. Let's do that discussion. I think that would be a really great discussion. Let's do another community pub. Rob does like all kinds of, he does shop to mobile to uh, dealerships to auctions. Nick is strictly mobile. Cody is, I don't know. Cody, what are you? Uh, I'm just shop based. All right. I would love to have that discussion and let's dive into how should a detailer go about? What do they find to be the best way? Shop only hybrid. Where should people go? Because if we're not so just concerned on 
how I hold my polisher, how many passes I do, what this looks like, and all those, you know, interesting techniques that are really great to help train somebody, but I'm not the one that needs to be doing it. How do I move beyond? That's sort of where I want to go. I think that's a great idea, Brandon. Thank you for bringing that up. Heck yeah. Uh, definitely I would, I would love the, oh, I'm sorry. No, no problem. I want to, I want to ask Cody if he had a question because I know he's been working hard and he's been all around. I just, man, any, you know, anything you want to bring up? Um, not really. I've kind of just been taking it all in. Uh, but I guess something that popped into my mind earlier, I know we're kind of passing now, but as far as hiring, that's not something I want to do just yet, but down the line. Why? Like, Hold on. Why? Why don't you uh, want to do it? Right now, because I don't have enough work to bring someone on. Um, so I want to get to the point where I forget who mentioned it, but like when you're two weeks out, you get right. another truck or yeah, bring someone else on. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, but I want to wait till I'm consistently booking up in a, a few weeks in advance to then bring someone on, which at the pace I'm going now, I think will be next year. And then, uh, yeah, what was I going to say? How, I guess, how, you know, Cody, how do we, how do you, how do you bring somebody in? Like we just talked about with Derek or, you know, how do you bring somebody in to help though? Right. Cause if you look at, you look at what you're doing, man, I, I'm super pumped for you. It's, you know, at my time it's nine o'clock. I don't know what time it is where you're at, but you're, you're pumping hard late at night. That's, that's really respectful, man. It really is. I, I'm a guy yeah. too that, that works long hours. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah. It's much respectful. I think we all do. Right. Yep. But how do you bring somebody in to help though? Some, I, I don't know. I, I guess, um, I, why, well, I, I don't know, truthfully, like, I'm not really there yet, I guess. Do you work well with people or not? Yeah, for sure. I think I'd be better. Like, I love doing this as a hobby and stuff, but I can't wait till the day, like, that I'm really not working on the cars and kind of managing other people uh, down the line when my business is where I want it to be. Cool, man. Thanks. I appreciate you opening up. I just wanted to ask because, listen, I have much respect for, like I said, man, you're working hard. You're going at it. Like, I really appreciate the hustle. And I'm just curious of what your thoughts were. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And it's uh, 10 o'clock here for, for you guys who were wondering. Yeah. Definitely. Alex, thoughts? I'm sorry. I was, I was in the middle of something. I, I didn't catch any of that. The last no worries. Minutes. I was just, we're going to close it down. I just wanted to know what, you, you know, any last questions or thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I think we, we covered everything pretty pretty good from um, from working solo now and I've I've managed companies where I had um, a dozen full time employees and in the winters I was hiring um, sixty people. Um, so we, we covered a lot of good points. I enjoyed this one. Okay, cool. Ben, any last questions? Anything on your mind? Hiring people. That was uh that was my big draw the line to where you're worth training and taking on and going from there. But we'll cover that in another All right. Well, 
If anybody else doesn't have anything, I want to say thank you to everybody. Rob, so, hey, oh, uh, ahead, I, I want to say I want to say one last thing. So, all right, one one last thing that I you know with me being you know a one one man show, I have brought on people and let go of people and stuff like that. The biggest thing I've always really tried to uh, really hone in and it's taken a long time to get there is I've always presented myself as the we scenario. I mean, I've even had clients, you know, ask me, they're like, oh, where's your help? And I'm like, uh, it's just me. They're like, well, you, you said we're on our way. And I've always spoke in the we, you know, the we fashion because I've always wanted to grow, but I've always wanted to help others get there. And the biggest thing is, is when you're thinking solo, you eventually stay solo. When you're thinking on the scale of you want to be, you know, a team, whether you're leading the team or whether you're just part of that team specifically, um, then you start opening up to a whole world. So like me, I always leave it. My guys always wear, you know, whether it's me or anybody that's working with me, whether they're part-time or full-time, I always, they always have a shirt because there should never be ever a question if anybody comes up to us of who we are, what we're doing. Um, and I always try to make sure that everybody's doing the same stuff all together. So no matter what, if anybody's out that day, whatever the case is, a client shouldn't know that Justin over here did this side and, and John did this side. It should be seamless um, so that basically they know because then at the end of the day, then it becomes about the experience and not about the, oh, well, Joe was better than John. Um, I want to have my customers completely confident in what I do because if they're so zoned in on me, they trust me if I'm sending you know, Jacob to their house. So it really does boil down to if they're sold on me, that's one thing, but I just, I've always just spoke on the, we, even when I'm working with myself. So 99% of the time I'm working by myself and I still to this day say we, because I've always felt that this is going to be bigger than me. It's always going to be bigger than, you know, I would expect and we're growing. I mean, and that's just, you know, as soon as I take a step forward, obviously the real world hits, I take two steps back but I still know that it takes a team if you want to grow on a level to compete. Appreciate that, John. Appreciate that. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to ask Sam. Sam, you've been pretty quiet. Any any last questions or anything? We, we just want to make sure everybody's got all the questions answered. Um, no, I don't have any questions. Everything was pretty much covered. Right? Good, man. I appreciate you hopping on. It's awesome. great to see little Narwhal. Little Narwhal, man. Love to see you. Thanks for can I jump in and Can I jump in and say something real quick? One second. I want to say little Narwhal. May the fourth mm -hmm. be with you. I'm going to go out and see my daughters. I'll be in Jacksonville for um, May the fourth. Uh, we're going to put on Star Wars shirts and walk around Jacksonville and, and tell people may the fourth be with you. So, man, I, I love to see that shirt. Julian, man, what's your question? I just want to express my thanks. I mean, I'm a really young guy. I'm 21, ending the industry about like two, three years into the business. So I'm still really fresh, really raw. And I'm just choosing to listen more than speaking. So hearing everyone's information, hearing from other people's mistakes, type and get down. Like what I have right here is basically just switch the camera over. Just type in on everything what's saying, everyone, whatever else is saying. Um, yeah, there we go. And basically just asking the right questions. Let me switch the camera on. Asking the right questions, analyzing information, and see how I can use it for my business. 
because I see it's really important that if you're really young and you're starting a detailing business, I think there's just a lot of avenues to go to, but you need to kind of guide your own path and see what other people have done. Um, so that's why I ask those questions with employees, because that's one of my biggest goals this year to start to hire employees. I have on a few of my whiteboards right here, I got four whiteboards and that's something I really plan to do. And I just want to see what type of foundation others have built and what type of values they have behind that. So me and my future team will follow that to a strict T. Love that. So I'm really, Julian. really, really appreciate I, I, all the information guys. It's awesome. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. Man, it, it's always cool to see your climb and the way you keep in, you know, trying to ingest information. I think it's investing in yourself. Yeah, Rob, Dustin, Nick, any of us that have been around a long time, we would definitely look, you know, and say to anybody, yeah, the more information that you can grab, mm -hmm. hey, the, the better it is that you can make the best decision for you. That's why we do the community pub. That's why we do mm -hmm. these. So, Nick, Rob, Dustin, Alex, uh, Brandon, Sam, Nick, you know, everybody, Cody, uh, everybody that hopped on, Mario, good to see you, man. Everybody that hopped on, thanks so much. This is why we do these. It's it's open discussion. It's open forum. We want to value everybody's ideas and everybody's thoughts and dive into them. So we're going to close it down, guys. Thank you so much for hopping on. I really do appreciate your time. Love All to right. see everybody. And uh, the overall idea, guys, my closing thoughts are 20, you know, it started in 2002, and here we are in 2021. Hey, there's no way that you can survive on your own. You have to have people, period and paragraph. If you yep. love what you're doing in detailing, you have to, have to. There was a moment where I had to make that decision. Am I going to keep doing this the rest of my life? I made that decision. So when you make that decision, well, you have to invest into others. They have to be a part of your vision too. So thank you guys, everybody for hopping on. Wish you all the best night. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Hi guys. Say bud. Okay episode is over. If you got any value from it, leave us a review, share the episode, and find us on TikTok. It would mean the world to me. Ooh.